Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. You're hearing from me straight up this week because I want to share a little bit about this special episode you're about to hear. I'm giving you a sneak peek inside YSP Live. This is a short segment from the podcast episode that Rena and I recorded live at our event held in Sydney in April this year. 2018. As well as you, our loyal listeners to the podcast and other sector supporters, we had a number of special guests attend that evening and share their strata wisdom with us. We had Gary Bugden, a name well known to many of you, Dr. Kathy Sherry, Natalie Fitzgerald from Strata Sense, Paul Keating from Strata Community Insurance, and of course, Rena Van Oust and myself. I kicked the evening off with a segment on short-term letting and my update on what's happening in that area across a few jurisdictions and particularly looking at the question of whether we can use bylaws to regulate short-term letting in our strata building. And then Rena and I jumped into a special episode of the podcast, what I like to call our live podcast. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. The evening then moved on to our panel session where we heard heard from all of our experts and covered issues including electronic voting. We had Dr. Kathy Sherry letting us know about the importance of child safety devices, in particular the installation of netting on balconies. And there is about 60 seconds of pure gold there where Kathy explains the reasons why strata buildings, owners' corporations refusing Families, the permission to install nets are doing so at their own risk. And I'm not just talking about personal injury, but also legal liability. We covered off the question of harsh, unconscionable or oppressive bylaws. What does this actually mean? Gary Bugden gives us his views on that. And Paul Keating from Strata Community Insurance covered the issue of strata committee members and their exposure to liability and why it's important to have office bearers liability insurance. Plenty more in there from the evening as well. What you're about to hear is a short segment from the live podcast where Rena and I covered a couple of topics. One of them was the recovery of unpaid strata levies. How do we go about that? What authority does your strata manager have to kick off that process? How is that process done legally? And Rena and I discussed a case which we were both involved in a couple of years ago where we had to untangle a very complicated ledger in order to answer a lot owner's defence when it came to recovery of unpaid levies. We then move on to discuss another topic, and that's the topic of 
how owners can increase the value of their investment by using areas of the common property when it comes to their renovations. So extending their lot into otherwise unused areas of the common property. Now I am being a little bit cheeky and not giving you the whole live podcast episode here. If you do want to hear more, if you want to find out how this episode ends, if you want to hear some audience Q&A, and of course, if you want to hear from our special guests on the panel covering all of those topics that I highlighted, as well as receive my update on short-term letting, head over to yspelive.com and you can get your hands on a copy of the video from the evening. Not just the audio, yes, the video. You will be able to see us all in the flesh. And importantly, on that topic of short-term letting, the video actually includes my own update, which I have slotted in there since June 2018 when our government in New South Wales announced some reforms in that area. So that is a bonus update, which even those who attended YSP Live have not seen. So if you snap yourself up a copy of the video, you're going to be getting that special update on what's happening in New South Wales when it comes to reforms to the law in relation to short-term letting in our strata schemes. So head over to yspelive.com. If you're not quite sure what the video holds and whether it's for you, check out our two-minute trailer, which we've got there on the website. Of course, as always, if you are a member of the YSP online community, you are going to get a significant discount on the price of this video. And bear in mind, you can kick off a membership with us for just $29 and you will immediately get access to all the members only resources. That's the bylaw templates, the eBooks, Probably the most popular resource is, of course, the Q&A forum where you can jump in and ask me personally your most pressing strata questions and get my quick answers. That's really where most of the action happens inside our membership. And of course, you're going to get a great discount on this video. The video is $97 if you're not a member. $77 if you are a member. Now you can do the maths there on that one and work out the benefits of your $29 membership. Now that pricing you'll see is special limited time only pricing. It's about 35% off the regular sale price. So make sure you jump in and snap that up before those prices go up. CPD points available if you're a strata manager watching this video. You need to claim some points for this CPD year. Just get in touch with me. Let me know you're a manager wanting to claim points once you've purchased the video and I will connect you with Sasha Bow at Real Estate Training Solutions and she'll be able to organize your assessment and your points. So enjoy this sneak peek inside YSP Live as Rena and I give you the inside information on strata levy recovery, the do's and the don'ts. And remember, you can find all of the action from the night over at yspelive.com. Check it out. All right. Now, Rena Van Alst is looking for her glasses. You don't need your glasses, Rena. Rena Van Alst. Let's record a podcast. Rena's usually wearing her pajamas. Oh, I'm not supposed to. Sorry. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer, and I have with me today the lovely 
Rena Van Alst. Hi, Rena. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How has your week in Strata been? Yeah, it's been quite good, actually. I've only had one meeting this week, so <laughs> it's pretty good. One again. <laughs> one again. Just one again. One last week. I know. It's, uh, it's pretty good. It's only... Oh, it's only Tuesday, so That's having true. one is pretty good to Tuesday. So. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Well, let's jump straight into it, Rena. What has been your challenge <laughs> this week? Well, um, I've been asked by some of the owners in our buildings, what is the role of the strata manager in the debt collection process and what authority do they need? And so... Initially, I thought, well, this is really a no-brainer in terms of, you know, the answer. Then I thought, hang on, let's go back step by step and look at all the instruments by which an agent is appointed and all their delegated duties. So the first thing um, I looked at was our, the agency agreement. So that's obviously between the Arts Corporation and the managing agent. And in the schedule of services, there's always some reference to the um, agent being able to recover outstanding levy contributions on behalf of the owners corporation. But in that delegation, each company may have, if they're using the SCA standard agreement, they may say full authority with no limitations, no authority, full authority, authority to limitations disposed in Schedule A2, and then the regulation Schedule 6, Clause 6 reference, which obviously relates to fees. So, for example, in our agency agreement that we have with our owners corporations, we don't have full authority. We have authority based on instructions from our owners' corporations. Okay, so if your owners' corporation is asking you to engage in the collection of unpaid levies and you're wondering how do I uh, have the authority to engage in that process, yeah. first step, yeah. have a look at your agency agreement. That's right. Right. Um, the second thing we also have in most companies would have this is a resolution at their annual general meeting normally, which will authorise the managing agent and or the strata committee to do certain things. That will include issuing arrear notices, reminder notices, recovery of levy contributions, engaging or appointing the services of a debt collection agency, lawyers or any other representatives on behalf of the owners corporation, um, issuing demands, commencing, pursuing, continuing to defend court actions and it just goes on and on and on. So when I have it an AGM, I just read the first motion and I just say to everyone, you can just read the rest. So it's quite a, a detailed um, base, uh, motion yeah. for that. I just really understand that debt collection process can become quite complicated and protracted if it goes further, mm. but at least there we have all the steps that the agent and the committee can take. Yeah. I have to say that's a motion that I see on agendas quite Regularly, it seems to be a kind of standard yeah. motion that managers have adopted. Some some lawyer along the lines has drafted yeah. that, and then we've all sort of yeah, cut and paste that into the AGM. Yeah, there's like A B C D E F clauses. Yeah. Is, it, is it necessary? Does it mean if you don't have that um, motion on the agenda, that then you can't recover unpaid levies? No, I don't believe so. But I think no. it's just, I think it's giving perhaps more certainty so when the action does commence that the Owns Corporation has passed a resolution. Yeah, and, and the other thing I suppose it does is it broadcasts to owners yeah. that we're serious about unpaid levies and about declaration and if you don't pay on time, if, if you don't pay on time, we're coming after you. Exactly. Because we said so at our general meeting. But beyond that, so what I've always done and as, as a company practice and places I've always worked, we issue a letter at 30 days' notice 
60 days notice, and then 90. And there's always a fee associated with, with that, um, which is also itemised in your agency agreement, so that owners are aware. And that is normally charged to the lot owner on their account. So the software does that automatically. You issue a 30-day letter, and it spits out a fee, and that goes on the lot account. And so after 90 days, if the levies remain unpaid, we always go back to the strata committee and say, here's the list of owners when it is for 90 days now. What action do you want us to take? Do you want us to go and get legal representation to recover the outstanding levies? Now, 95% of the time, the committee will say yes, and then we get a cost agreement from the lawyer to normally issue a statement of claim as the first step in the process. But sometimes the owners corporation and the committee may say, no, Rena, because we know this person's mother's died or whatever, mm. and you know, there, there is some leniency given. But obviously, interest is still accruing at 10%, so that doesn't stop. And therefore, we told the owner, OK, the committee has considered, you know, if we don't say anything, but if they do ring us and complain about the fees that they've been charged, um, we just say, well, basically, you're pretty lucky because we're not actually pursuing you beyond the 90 days, which is mm. a normal standard time, I think, for most um, debt collection matters. Mm. Now... I've been involved in quite a few matters where, you know, most of the time they just go to statement of claim and there's no defence and, you know, or there is a defence and the normal legal processes take place. But Amanda and I actually have been involved in a case where an owner disputed all the arrears fees and all the legal fees that had been incurred by the owner's corporation. And what predominantly happens is that the agent will get the bill from the lawyer at the time and then just put it on their lot account. And so basically the owner is not just responsible for the levies, there's interest, then there's the arrears fees that the agent has charged throughout the debt collection process, and then there's legal costs. And sometimes, you know, the legal costs can be quite high, and I think sometimes some lawyers may think, well, you know, the owner's paying and not the owner's corporation, or, you know, and sometimes you don't get the level of detail perhaps that you would if you were pursuing a normal matter in terms of, you know, and and the agents don't send the copy of the bill, which I find is really strange. Like, I used to say to my staff, well, if you get a statement and you haven't got, and you get a, a fee, but you don't see the supporting documents, wouldn't you, if it's your own personal life, say, you know, what's this bill for? So when, when that used to happen, it was a practice that the agent should forward a copy of the legal fees that have been incurred um, by the Anna's Corporation for payment. Mm. But in this particular case, I think, Amanda, I might just pass on to mm. you. I was at a meeting with the Strata Committee and um, basically the, the guy turns up at the meeting and he serves me with all these papers that from his lawyer that and had gone to the federal court, mind you, and we hadn't even said any of these things. And it was to do with, with, a, with some excessive costs that had been charged and I think the court had found that he had been overcharged by the legal firm that the Ants Corporation had engaged. Mm. And so there were some reductions, I think, in photocopying costs, etc. But I think there's something that was more that, to the point was the Ants Corporation's ability to actually add the legal expenses to the lot account. Mm. So now I'll pass on to Amanda, because <laughs> Amanda's actually written a paper about this, I think, an article. Yeah. 
So um, both in the previous Act, our 1996 Act, and in our 2015 Act, it makes quite clear that owners' corporations can recover unpaid levies, unpaid contributions, the Act calls it. And if they're unpaid after 30 days, um, now under the new Act we then have to issue a 21-day notice as well, don't forget to do that, you can then proceed either to the tribunal or to the court and you can file a statement of claim. And you can claim the unpaid levies together with any interest or expenses. Now, you can only claim your interest or expenses together with the unpaid levies. That's a, those are really important words, the together with. And what we found had been happening, and we discovered this just with uh, Rena's case as one example only, um, when we looked at the ledger, the interest and expenses uh, had been consistently claimed from this owner, even in the absence of any levies being due and owing, and in the absence of any court proceedings being on foot. So this owner, uh, being a little bit more informed than your average owner, had picked this up and said, well, I kept paying my levies. You allocated those payments to interest and expenses before you allocated them to levies, and that put me in arrears. And that's why I was in arrears. That's why I was unfinancial. I also lost my vote because I didn't pay your interest and expenses. But when I read the legislation, it tells me that I don't have to. The only time that you can really recover interest and expenses is when you're in a court or tribunal and you're recovering them together with unpaid levies. Really, I'm going to use the word again, really unsatisfactory drafting of the legislation. Mm. Because if you get a clever owner, and I think we've had another one since, mm. Rena, who says, uh, I'm going to pay my levies only the day before you issue that statement of claim, your interest has racked up and racked up because we have to give them not only 30 days before it comes, becomes overdue, but another 21 days to send a letter. They can get by with never paying their levies on time and you, the owners corporation, never being able to recover any interest. All the costs of your strata manager sending letters, and Rena's just said in her agency agreement it says that she charges for sending those letters, uh, or the costs for the lawyer sending the letters of demand, and I charge for sending those letters. The only time you're able to claim your interest and expenses is when you're in court. And we do have case law in New South Wales, it's called the Demetriou case, mm. that came out uh, pursuant to the old Act, that established this as law. And we were hoping as lawyers that there would be a change in the 2015 Act that would mean that we could recover our interest and expenses properly and put them on the ledger and unfortunately that didn't happen. So my advice to strata managers and this is where Rena mentioned the software, this is where the software mm. comes in is to record your expenses uh, somewhere other than ledger. your ledger because the ledger is not going to be an accurate reflection of what's owing by the lot owner in levies. And in the case Rena's talking about, it was uh, close to a year of mm. litigation and it was only because of the advice that I'd given the owners corporation that really the lot owner was onto something that we ended up being able to settle it on commercial terms and that owners corporation was able to wrap that one up without too much cost. And that's because you said a matter about the software. So most software is designed to basically allocate receipts against the oldest debt first, and that's the problem. Although I think you can manually go in and reallocate, but I mean, as Amanda said, it's too difficult. So you might as well just keep those expenses off the uh, ledger and have them separate to the actual um, debt levy contribution so that when people are paying them, there's no confusion there. 
So, levy recovery, an important topic to be across as managers and uh, as owners as well. I've certainly had a number of owners approach me with confusion around this issue and important that we get that information out there, Ina. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to have a little chat about a win for this week. And I've chosen this as a win because I've had a number of people approach me lately with uh, this creative idea. With rising Sydney property prices, we're seeing more and more owners who want to extend their lot into adjacent common property to increase value. And they're approaching people like myself and Rena as well, I know, to say, how do we do this? How do we do this legally? How do we uh, renovate our lot and use perhaps some attic space, uh, some outdoor space that's uh, adjacent to our lot that nobody else is using, the stairwell space, maybe even some floor space that is common property, um, but we want to use it and bring it in as part of our lot so that we can benefit from that. <coughs> and it's something that I have spoken about on the podcast before, and it is within, I think, the top five most popular podcasts, how you can extend into common property and add value to your lot. And uh, two broad ways that you can do it. You can do it by way of... Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?